You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text as this is a recording and lines are now closed. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Peace be upon you all and welcome back to another edition of the Drive Time Show. Myself Saad Ahmed and my co-presenter for today is Noshirwan. First of all, before we go into the topics, I would like to welcome Noshirwan to the show. Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you. How are you? Wa alaikum salam. Saad alhamdulillah, by the grace of Allah, well, how are you doing today? Alhamdulillah, so far so good. It's been a long time we haven't presented. Yeah. Um, I was off for two weeks in, in between also. And it's good to see you back and it's healthy. Pleasure. It's my pleasure to be here with you, <laughs> alhamdulillah. Saad. Alhamdulillah. So the topics in discussion today are very important, very dear to me also. is about food security in the first hour, bridging gaps and finding solutions. to um, elevate hunger and in the second hour we'll be speaking about social media a means of so um, islamic outreach so we are asking also a question on our instagram page that who do you follow on social media for religious content so type away your answers at voice of islam uk if you go on our instagram page at voice of islam uk you can type away your answers likewise you can also call us in at 0208-687-7878 so coming back to the first our first topic of today's discussion food security bridging gaps and finding solutions to um elevate hunger you mean alleviate alleviate yes alleviate hunger remove hunger correct from the world it is a um, um, staggering paradox that um in one part of the world we have so much food however in the other part of the world we don't have that much food available oh, and even if for example in the west we we waste one third of the food which is produced um over time and that one third gets wasted for um because it ran out of date and what not and it, in in those products we have for example milk bread or the day to day um essentials we need to survive um it is estimated that around 783 million people are facing um chronic hunger with 49 million people in 43 countries one step away from famine it is appalling that with all the technology we have in this 21st century for um, and advancements we have in this 21st century there are millions of people who don't have access unfortunately to the basic essentials to food to survive on a day-to-day basis yeah so as you're right um even though we are in the 21st century the world has progressed significantly over Indeed. the past um, century i would say um in terms of all the advancements um uh, technology in uh, advancements and also like how we have introduced um ai and how we're progressing yes. it's actually unbelievable um but at the same time it's also shocking um that such simple things that um should have been addressed or should have been um the main root cause of we can reduce yes. such as hunger in my opinion is one of those things um, if the whole global community works together um in addressing this and in actually how what plans could be implemented to reduce this i think in the 21st century in the era we live in this shouldn't be one of the <clears throat> solutions we should be finding for this problem definitely this problem should not in my opinion should not exist because how we have advanced how we have progressed we we only seeing future progress yes. but if these problems continue to coexist then are we heading towards development 
of the world in a better sense or are we taking a step back or is this something that we we're kind of letting go of and maybe letting certain people are letting this live on and i don't know how if it's if it can be addressed and i'm sure it is being addressed because there's so many organizations charities um that work with um these countries to alleviate hunger and poverty Indeed. poverty is another issue of course yes um but it's it's um it's surprising that how we haven't actually um removed this problem as a whole yes you know over the time over this um, period of one hour we'll be um are talking about hunger i will um also um tell stats throughout the show what the um, united nations general secretary said about um world hunger also throughout the show um, but obviously we will start off as is voice of islam we always start with the um the verses of the, of the holy quran the sayings of allah the almighty so allah the almighty has stated in chapter 15 verse 20 and 21 and the earth we have spread out and set therein firm mountains and caused everything to grow therein in proper proportions and we have made for you therein means of li- a livelihood and also for all those for whom you do not provide you know in this verse which is very um, simple and it's, it's it tells us that the purpose um, god has created everything is for um, the food supplies and also um the earth is um earth is needed for the fertility the water and um all the, the essentials we need to survive on a day-to-day basis and hence Allah the Almighty has provided everything for us but it is unfortunate our own greed or our own our, uh, I would say our own lack of um understanding to be able to solve this um even his holiness has a khalifa to musi um the fourth caliph of the prophet messiah upon whom be peace has said this and once someone asked him about hunger and he said this okay um allah has given us the wisdom to um you know do the right and you know, and to understand what is right and what is wrong i'm paraphrasing here and so who is responsible to look out for everyone right it, it is upon us to look out for every individual um who is living here and so everything has categorically um, category been said so it is on us who have to feed the poor and so allah the almighty has provided us with everything and uh, it's upon the human beings now to um give that um essentials to, to throughout the world even when them um, when wars happen and unfortunately we are, we have seen even on the news nowadays especially um about the wars which are happening throughout the world and food supplies um are unable to reach those areas and the basic essentials are not reaching that area and which upon a person needs to survive so our thing should be as human beings humanity for humanity comes first every politic any religion is can take a step back it doesn't matter if it's a jew a christian or a muslim we have to help every single individual who is suffering mm. be a bit because of war be it because of famine be it of any droughts or any um, natural disasters which occur throughout the world Yeah you're right Saad and it's not um it's not the fact that we um have a lack of food supplies in the world yes. um at the end it just goes back to um the greed of certain of nations and and uh, also it's our own um, interest um because 
like Allah the Almighty has stated, that He has created like everything in balance, and He has provided us the means um, to to alleviate um, suffering and hunger of others. But it's just at the end of the day, it's our greed and our interest that um, maybe per lack it. And of course, like global hunger is is more is much more complicated than just empty bellies or missing out on a meal for certain people. It is a severe lack of food for so long that it leads to undernourishment, muscle wasting, stunted growth and death. And it is caused by an interconnected web of issues, which is poverty, inequality, conflict, climate change, gender discrimination and health systems. So this, all of these are connected in a way um, that leads to the hunger in the world and of course all the suffering. Yes. And the scale of the current global hunger and malnutrition crisis is enormous. And we have several statistics regarding that. That The World Food Programme, it estimates that in 2023, more than 345 million people are facing acute levels of food insecurity and do not know where their next meal is coming from. Wow. So imagine that's, that is quite a substantial number. And if that's still the case then are we heading towards um, a progress or are we declining? Indeed. Um, So even um, as mentioned, um, the United Nations um, General Secretary, he said this um, on the 10th of October 2023, that I call on governments, the private sectors, civil society and academia to work together to prioritise. The word is here, to prioritise feeding hungry, to bring and this, um, to bring ending this crisis to the top of the global agenda and to invest in long-term solutions to provide everyone with enough food. It's not me saying, it's not Nosharwan saying, it's the General Secretary of the United Nations saying that. Hey, even that mirrors what the Holy Prophet Sallallahu um, peace and blessing of, of, of Allah be upon him, said 1400 years ago about hunger, that even if you give a piece of date in charity, that will be um, that is um, a cause of revolt for you. As for me, uh, obviously, I'm paraphrasing here right now, but mm. the Holy Prophet, peace and blessing of Allah be upon him, said that even if you give a small piece of date, that that will be considered as charity. So the United Nations, who are, who are mirroring the sayings of the Prophet, uh, peace and blessing of Allah be upon him, in the 21st century, we should um, look back to our roots to understand how we can. Um, 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 finish off this um, hunger uh, throughout the world and I, I gave a stat before I, I do apologize it was my mistake I said one third of food is wasted in the UK it is one third of all food produced globally goes to waste and the UK throws around 9.5 million tons of food waste in a single year even though 8.4 million people uh, in the UK are in food poverty. So there's something for Mm -hmm. us to think about that we have about 8.4 million people here in the UK where we all reside and there's 9.5 million tons of food being wasted. And so these are the um, things we should think about and hopefully our listeners who are listening listening to us today, be it through DB, um, to um, the online means, Please, if you have any ways we can um, finish off world hunger, please do let us know. And if we are, um, um, uh, or if we can help in any way or shape or form, please tell us so our listeners who are listening to us today will be able to help the people in need. Yeah, and regarding um, food waste, um, Saad, uh, like 
a substantial portion of the world supply is lost or is discarded as various stages of the supply chain. Yes. And this wastage uh, depletes f- uh, finite resources and distorts food markets, uh, which causing causes um, price fluctuations that can render essential items unaffordable for impoverished communities. And, you know, there are several countries, um, just to mention a few, um, that Denmark, Netherlands and Japan, they're working towards implementing such initiatives um, which reduce food waste. Uh, for example, South Korea has implemented comprehensive policies um, to combat food waste, such as pay-as-you-throw system for food waste disposal, So, which means that um, whoever discards it, they bear the whole or a part of expenses for waste collection and treatment, and the cost depends on the amount of the discarded waste. You know, not sure on taking this um, conversation further about food, just food, food waste. We have with us our, um, today our, our first guest, Mohammed Shoman, who is a director of distribution at 412 Food Rescue. With a short introduction, I would like to welcome him to the show. Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you. How are you today? Alhamdulillah, by the grace of Allah, I'm fine. Thank you for asking. So, Brother Muhammad, I wanted to ask, um, what is 412 um, Food Rescue, if you can tell our listeners about it? Absolutely. Uh, it's 412 Food Rescue is an organization based out of Pittsburgh, PA, which is uh, where our mission is to kind of combat food security and And, and focus on food equability and, and distribution and, and getting good food to people who need it instead mm-hmm. of letting it land up, uh, end up in landfills. So we have a, um, a network of volunteers as well as a fleet team that do food rescues on a day-to-day basis yes. where we go to different retailers, restaurants, in, in an array of different other locations. And we pick up fresh food and take it directly to nonprofits where the nonprofits get it to the people as quickly as they can. So the food is getting two people fresh mm-hmm. and they're, they're getting it in a timely manner. So we're working on combating that, that food waste element that goes into food security, but also finding ways to get the food to people that may not be able to get it, get to it themselves and, 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 and coming back on like carbon emission as well. Okay, but the, well, the question I have about the, obviously you go to retailers and different um, um, markets. So, don't the policies play? Um, some retailers are not allowed to give out um, which um, the food um, because of some policies they have in store. So, how do you guys work around that policy? The policies in place, like there's actually more policies in place to cut back on the food waste nowadays, mm-hmm. as opposed to not donating food because of these fears. For example, a lot of the employees within our own organization are already surf-safe tra- uh, certified, meaning that they've gone through a course to kind of solidify all food safety standards. So whenever we talk up with somebody like a donor, one of the things that we do keep in mind when we go visit these sites is, is everything up to standard to make sure that the food is safe. And not only that, our system is up to kind of not food data. We're not a food pantry. We take food from the source to where it needs to go immediately. Like it's not sitting around. And we also have other systems in place with like different projects in the organization, like a good food project uh, where we take some of the food, we package it as meals and we give it to people in need, people that are probably working and need a fresh meal and they can't get to it. We have grocery bag programs where we get these bags of fresh fruits and vegetables, meat and dairy 
we're taking it to different housing complexes or uh, hubs around the city so people could just come and pick it up. It makes things a little easier for them. Yes. So, so what's the okay. reason behind a um, what's it called food uh, food wastage? Um, cannot the supermarket just cut down on this uh, on the production instead of wasting food? Could you rephrase that for me? I apologize. I don't really understand. Um, basically, I'm 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 asking: Are the supermarkets not able to cut down the production so we have less food food wastage? Oh, absolutely. But supermarkets can also be more aware of what is waste and what isn't as well. Mm-hmm. There's a big misconception is if you see it with like a brown on it or a zucchini where it's like mushy on the end, bad food and it needs to be thrown out. It's not. That apple still get to use. That zucchini still get to use. You just got to look around it a little. There's a big kind of idea nowadays if there's a blemish on any fresh fruit or vegetable or anything like that, it needs to be thrown because it's no good and that's the case. You don't need to throw a whole bag of oranges if there's only one bag that orange. So there is a conversation about maybe production does need to be cut back, but the conversation should also be about maybe we should kind of relook, I mean, refocus how we look at food and understand like not everything is bad food, not everything needs to be wasted. Yeah, and also just to bring in uh, food in retail and hospitality is often thrown away instead of giving a uh, given away to those that are in need. And that is possibly due to hygiene standards or concerns about potential lawsuits. So how can policies be modified to reduce this waste without introducing additional legal complications? Well, from the US standpoint, the hygiene standard is like the conversation isn't really as highlighted because a lot of the donors, like, again, that we deal with, we make sure that they're up there. The food that we get, we make sure it's good before we get it to a point that it's being distributed to the public. So there's definitely ways around it. So you've got to get creative with it. And that's that's what Food Rescue does very well, is, is we found a way to make it work. It works well. We, it, 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 it's coming out of the middleman, essentially, and getting food directly to the consumer that needs it. Right. And just lastly, what strategies and can businesses and individuals implement um, to minimize food waste, especially during the upcoming holiday season? I'm um, just being mindful, honestly, and, 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 and kind of keep in mind like, how much is being ordered, as well as um, kind of educating again on what could be used as waste. Not everything is waste. A lot of food that they may have over doesn't need to be uh, thrown out. Uh, I'm sure there's plenty of, of good food security, uh, good food security. Uh, non-profits around the area that they could team up with and they could get good food to people who need. Uh, But the individual, the same thing. Be mindful of what is good food and what isn't. Uh, Try to stay educated on ways that you can be more more or less sustainable with food that you use, uh, how it impacts the earth, how it impacts those around you. And, and, uh, yeah. Great, thank you uh, very much and thank you for joining us, Mohammed Shoman. Uh, it was a pleasure having you on our show today. I appreciate it. Y'all have a good day. Thank you very much. Peace be upon you. Zakla for joining us. This is this was Mohammed Shoman and it's always great to find out from, you know, first hand who are com- combating food food wastage. Um as you mentioned also that before it goes um um to wastage 
they go out to different retailers, supermarkets, and they take those, take that food and distribute it. Um, they don't hold it. They they don't have a facility. They pick it up and to the next location it goes. So this is a one way of tackling that also. And when I obviously when I asked him about the question, can we cut down on the production? And he said obviously that, that yes you can, but the supermarkets should also be mindful. So how they um, use those products. So that's these are the things we should understand within ourselves, and as, um, especially as we are going into the holiday, the holiday season also in December, we should be very mindful of what we buy, how we use it, and not just over um, over buy stuff um, or overuse stuff. So the rest people cannot use it. So these are small things which will um, help um, finish off this um, food wastage um, over time. But just some education has to put some in into place. Yeah. So, Saad, finding solutions. Yes. Something we need to address, and we need to see what Islam says, what God Almighty says in regards to to this. Um, Allah the Almighty in the Holy Quran states that, and they feed for love of Him, the poor, the orphan, and the prisoner, saying, "We feed you for Allah's pleasure only. We desire no reward, nor thanks." from you this is from chapter 76 verses 9 to 10 and it's quite clear in this that you should help and feed the poor uh, not for any reward not for any anything uh, but it should be just to just to attain the pleasure and um, I know I've quoted this before as well um, but in in a address um, a few months back uh, the fifth caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community Hazrat Mirza Masur Ahmed, may Allah be his helper, um, he had mentioned that if the teachings of Islam are followed in, in the world, I'm paraphrasing what, what he had mentioned, if the teachings of Islam are followed in the world, then that can it, remove all the problems of the world. Every single problem that we have in the world currently, if Islam's teaching are followed um, by nations, by people, then all those problems can, can alleviate, they can that's from going from talking about wars, justice, hunger, poverty, um, family, everything. Indeed. Uh, if the teachings of Islam are followed, then that can be... And of course, here we're talking specifically about hunger. And God has, God Almighty has said that you should, you should be feeding those that are poor, the orphan and the prisoners. And the reason you should be doing that is to attain Allah's pleasure. And it's just at the end of the day, it's we're trying to break the conflict cycle and the conflict itself is the key driver of food insecurity and disruptions in food chains destruction of local farms increased food prices displacement of populations and all results of conflict that ultimately leaves people without food so therefore investment in political situations to create lasting peace is direly needed so also by prioritizing conflict resolution, nations can create an environment where agriculture can flourish, markets can operate, and humanitarian organizations can deliver aid effectively. Peaceful, stable societies can invest in long-term food security solutions and empower communities to grow their own food. And of course... Yes, you know, um, Noshirvan, as you've mentioned here, uh, different points about how we can find solutions. So, um, um, his, um, the promised Messiah, um, upon whom be peace, Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed of Qadian, has stated um, this. 
you should um, show love and compassion to all people. Allah commands us to feed the hungry, free those shackled in bondage, pay off the um, um, arrays of those made in debt, shoulder the burdens of others and fulfill the rights of sincere love owned to mankind. So these are the words of of of, um, of the promised Messiah, the Mahdi um, of this day and age, and the Hazrat Ghulam Ahmed, upon whom be peace. He, 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 these are his words, and he stated, you know, we should do it um, to show love and compassion. We should feed um, the hungry, um, and th- this is um, a teaching of of um, the Holy Quran, as you mentioned before, uh, of chapter um, seventy six, verse nine and ten, as you read out before, and they feed for love of him so in the love of Allah the Almighty they feed likewise um, the Holy Prophet um, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him has said this also that you know O son of Adam I asked you for food and you fed me not do you not know what had you fed my servant you would surely have found me with him so these um, are the words of um, the um, the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him that you that we should feed um, everyone around us, uh, even if you feed our sermon, Allah with the Almighty will be with him um, for the rewards you're reaping. And even if you give a small piece of date in, uh, um, as charity, that will be a cause of reward. So we should try our level best um, to give as much, much as possible. Likewise, for example, yesterday the Ahmadi Muslim Youth Association was raising um, um, what's it called um, charity for the people who are stuck in and or in need of, of aid in Gaza, that was um, being done yesterday, and uh, by the grace of Allah, quite a few members um, of throughout um, world or throughout the UK um, charitably donated a lot of, uh, um, and the target was reached by the grace of Allah, and um, in, the, in the next couple of days or sometime should be able to reach them also. So these are small things we while sitting in the UK can do, be it through charity organizations, be it through prayers, be it through other means, we should try our level best to, you know, finish off this world hunger as even um, we have about 9 million people in the UK who are um, bound to poverty. So we should try and help them also if be it um, at any um, shape or form. Yeah, you're right. And you know, when we talk about hunger and um, uh, those people that are suffering and do not have um, the, the basic need, the basic food um, to survive. We're not just talking about uh, the countries in the West um, that are uh, in, let's say, Africa or yes. um, all these other countries or in Asia. Uh, we're also talking about countries like even within UK, like you mentioned, a staggering 9 million people do not have the the basic necessities or basic needs um so we live in a world um where we have developed like we we were talking about earlier in the show it's it's a problem that the entire world is suffering from and of course there has to be solutions to these problems and they are being addressed to some extent and of course involving governments it it's a something that should be done on a significant manner of course, the United Nations and, like you mentioned, their General Secretary has also spoken about this um, problem. So, in regards to that, the UK has teamed up with a leading global nutrition charity to push the private sector to produce food which is good for people and the planet. 
Also, the UK's 2 million package of support will allow Access to Nutrition initiative to carry out assessments of the world's largest food and drink companies and over a, a two-year period gather, gathering data on factors including how healthy and sustainable their products are they will also aim to capture for the first time how well they support and meet the needs of communities that are at risk of malnutrition and preventable deaths specifically of women and children and of course world leaders possess the authority and resources to drive a mass movement of change through allocating funds, running awareness campaigns, implementing policies, collaborating with international organizations, NGOs and other countries. The efficient and equitable distribution of food and resources can be ensured. So of course we do have some um, solutions um, and if they are followed we can hopefully within next few years next um, decade or so we can alleviate this problem altogether but we need to leave aside our own greed our own interests uh, interests so we is it, we are talking um, about hunger if you our listeners have any of their feedback or what their thoughts are on how we can alleviate hunger from the world then do give us a call on 0208-687-7878 or drop us a message on our social media platforms at Voice of Islam UK. Likewise, you know, um, staying with um, um, the people about charity also and the, the girls' organisation from uh, the, uh, the, the Muslim community of, from the ages of 17, 7 to 15, they have been, um, you know, the, especially there's a... Um, a um, 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 what's it called? I forgot the name suddenly. In the chapter of uh, the Georgia um, of the Ahmadi Muslim community, sorry about that. I had to. Mm-hmm. I just went into a small pause there. I was unable to find the correct word. So they they did some you know um some charity. They they were trying to raise some money also. They raised about four hundred pound and they were aiming to raise another f- about um five hundred dollars um of through fundraiser schemes um online just to uh, alleviate you know hunger from a, a very small um, platform for obviously 400 500 pounds will be able to help at least some people if not all of them so we sh- mm. one thing which I uh, put this story up is is because so we what we think is sometimes is oh what can I do even a small thing if you start from a small thing it might be able to um, finish um, um, f- um, hunger within that very small um, community and then they can help out and then it, it can suddenly grow into a, another big thing and another big thing and hopefully over time we'll be able to you know um be able to finish off um world hunger and also one thing which is really important is to reduce um food wastage as also spoken by our guest um um Muhammad Shoman and how we can do that also is and one more thing is um, all the resources we have available and nowadays and um, ensure you know that more food reaches those in need be it through f- um, 412 or other organizations um, throughout the world they are able to take it from ch- um, supermarkets and they can um, forward it to those in need so this can uh, no, this, this does not only increase the overall food supply but it also can help um, stabilize uh, food prices making food more affordable for the vulnerable people so if the food wastage goes down we will be able to control the prices also uh, and we won't have to produce 
more and more of that very product product which is needed at that very point so moreover you know reducing um, food wastage is really good for our environment you know because we feel the effects um uh, today about the climate change especially so we should be more respect take more responsibility that you know to conserve our natural resources and mitigate um all the harmful impacts of food production on the on the, on the planet yeah and sad um, like you mentioned before um it doesn't matter if it's you're donating or helping a little amount because you know at the end of the day even if it's if you're helping one individual you're still helping someone and yes. every little matters and um it's of course within our organization we have the women's organization we have the youth organization and we have different charities such as humanity first um they're all working with the same target to help humanity to serve mankind and we have humanity first even within uk has several food banks if you get a chance go to the food banks donate make it a regular habit um that let's say once a week um you'll go and donate something to the food bank or if you aren't able to you can just go online and just give money for this cause to, uh, for the needy for the poor for the orphans and take that first step and of course after you do it you will feel you feel you'll feel pleasure you'll feel happy indeed yeah it wouldn't be you wouldn't be thinking oh i donated this amount or i helped so and so where's my reward for it that's that that's not that shouldn't be the the mindset first of all because your at the end of the day your reward and um, is within uh, with with from allah the almighty so you should not um, be um, seeking anything apart from pleasure of allah the almighty and of course we're talking about solutions what are the solutions to alleviate hunger from the world and another one we have is invest in climate smart agriculture so what does this mean climate smart farming represents an agricultural approach designed to facilitate the shift from conventional farming practices to more sustainable sustainable eco-friendly and climate resilient strategies to boost productivity enhance crop uh, crop resilience and reduce carbon emissions and also climate f- smart farming can protect crops susceptible to droughts pests and other natural disasters making them more resilient to grow and ultimately produce more food even in less than op- optimal conditions so that's something of course it, uh, certain countries they yes. have more sunlight they have more farm they have more land and um, growing crops on there growing growing food on there um it's more beneficial to not just those countries themselves but also um other countries or neighboring countries or wherever export is um easily um, accessible to and one more thing is to add into is, is we should invest into our small farmers um also who be in the who are in the UK for example um according to an international fund for agriculture development 80% of food um consumed in asia and sub saharan africa is grown on small farms and um, small holders are vital um you know as food producers and landscape managers in these regions um s- simultaneously they s- strengthen the rural economy by contributing to global food value um and which transform harvested um produce um for example into food and other commodities in essence you know the small holders farmers um can be viewed as a fundamental um element 
of sustainable development and also if we use you know we live in the 21st century now and we have so much uh, by the grace of Allah we have the technology available now we have artificial intelligence which also is known as AI so if you use for example I, I artificial intelligence um, and it's being proven and it's, it's a very helpful you know tool to discover possible solutions in combating the world hunger aiding in the development of optimal crop um, varieties according to environmental conditions um, early detection of diseases in plants and potential causes maximizing you know the crop um, the crop output and repurposing uh, repurposing and the food um, that would otherwise be you know discarded thrown away and just a few ways AI is being able to use um, to tackle this world hunger issue we are facing in the 21st century right now unfortunately other interesting you know uses of AI if instead of just doing your homework using AI we can use these tools to develop our um, um, development of um, applications that help reduce food wastage so no food uh, no waste is an app that focuses on reducing household food waste in the UK um, too good to go is another mobile application that connects customers to restaurants and stores that have surplus unsold food so you now these ai tools are providing us with such great help uh, in different shapes and forms for example no waste is, um, is a, a mobile uh, is an application that you know helps us as consumers uh, reduce our household wastage likewise uh, the the restaurants and stores who have um, unsold um, goods or food can use in the mobile application too good to go and through that they, that food can be recycled and used for some, somewhere else yeah exactly so like yeah we need to understand that we are living in the 21st century a century of full of technologies developments and so much potential yes. that we're thinking our next step is to go to space or maybe um See potential, <laughs> see potential life or how can humans um, live in under those conditions. Th- that's where we're heading. Yes. Yeah. And our primary goal, which should be, is to the earth we've been given, what we have currently, how can we protect that? Really? How can we remove the sufferings of, of all that, that is going on right now? Hence, that's why I would like to play the words of His Holiness, Hazrat um, Mela strengthen his hand that and he explains how we can resolve world hunger. Here are his words. Allah Ta'ala has made this world. That is what we believe. And he is all merciful. He is the provider and sustainer of his creation. He says in the Holy Quran that he is the one who provides food to the animals and to you as well. So there is a potential here in this world to grow more food for the people, for his creation, whoever needs food. If we are disturbing the balance by cutting trees, climate change, and carbon emission, and so many other things, and we are not taking the remedial measures to correct whatever we have done to imbalance the, our world, then it is not Allah's fault. In Africa, there is a vast land which can be utilized for producing food for the world. There is a vast land in America even in South North America, South America, in Asia. If proper plan is made and uh, 
if we love each other, if we love our Creator and discharge our duty we owe towards each other, His creation, then there can be a consolidated plan and program to grow more food. We shall try not to let any person die of hunger. But here, what is happening? That if we have excess food, we throw it into the sea. We waste our dairy product. We waste our agricultural produce. Instead of giving to the hunger-stricken people in third world countries. So this is the, our lack of interest in helping the people of the world. If the rich countries, rich people are discharging their duties and giving their due rights to the private people, this is the Islamic teaching is to show sympathy to others and feed others. Islam doesn't say that there should be socialism. What it says that you must be careful in providing food to every person, to your neighbor. Islam says you, that your neighbor has the right. And the definition of the labor is it can extend up to the 40 houses. And neighbors are those who are working with you. Not only the neighbors living in your area or vicinity, but the neighbors who are working in your field, in your workplaces, in your factories. The neighbors are those who are traveling with you, right? So in this way, you can have a very wide range of neighbors. And if you are taking care of all your neighbors, then this is how you can save the world. Not only providing food, but also can create peace. So these were the words of our beloved um, uh, Imam of today, um, um, His Holiness Hazrat Khalifatul Masih, the fifth, um, the the fifth caliph of the Prince Messiah upon whom be peace and we carrying on this um, 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 talk further we have with us our second guest um, Guao Omari Guao who is a senior manager government relations and policy at Sanku a, Sanku is a global leader in male, um, micronutrition fortification Sanku's mission is to end malnutrition in Africa by ensuring food fortification with life-saving nutrition. With this short introduction, I would like to welcome to the show. Peace be upon you. How are you today? Hello, uh, my name is Guo. Uh, thank you very much uh, for having me now. Thank you so much uh, for joining us today. Okay, thank you so much. Uh, yes, um, so as you mentioned. Yes, so can you, can you tell us more about what Sanku Project um, Healthy Children is all about? Yeah, Sanku is a social enterprise, uh, meaning that uh, we are the business, but we working as a social uh, driven. Mm -hmm. uh, Sanku uh, 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 started working here in Tanzania uh, like 10 years uh, ago mm -hmm. uh, to support small-scale millers, uh, these are processors, uh, to add the uh, nutrients in the, in the the flour and the cornflour. Okay, so um, the question I have is, you know, what is um, food fortification and how does it contribute um, to improve um, the nutritional quality of food, uh, especially in the regions um, grappling with food poverty? Yeah, uh, food fortification, uh, this is just a process where you add the uh, macronutrients, okay. uh, that is the vitamins and the minerals, in the food, and they mainly the most consumed food, 
with the intention uh, to uh, uh, to end the malnutrition. Uh, uh, as you know that uh, uh, in developing countries mostly, uh, people are consuming food which are less uh, nutrients and they're mainly uh, coming from the touch, like a flour, corn flour, or maybe uh, maize in another language. So they eat uh, from morning, afternoon, and evening. Uh, and it's really processed, and then no nutrients, no vitamins, no minerals uh, uh, on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, in that way, uh, we are adding now uh, nutrients to uh, to add the quality of uh, the food, in order to put back the nutrients in the food. So when people consume, they can get uh, enough nutrients uh, for their body to improve their health. Okay, so obviously we are in now in the 21st century. We have technology available we have artificial intelligence available to us all these innovations which are available to us in in this day and age um how can we use these um i am um, te- technology for the global hunger and if you can tell our listeners also about the sanku dosifier technology and how that helps in the food fortification also yes uh maybe before telling you about our technology uh before telling you about the uh, our technology, the Sanku technology, yes. uh, I'll just want to, uh, to take you through on the history on how we started working here in Tanzania. Uh, well, when Sanku uh, visited uh, techno- uh, Tanzania, uh, was, uh, 10 years uh, ago, as I mentioned, uh, they came to realize that uh, in Tanzania and the other parts of uh, East Africa, Mm-hmm. Majority of people they are consuming uh, food from the milk flour, which is processed in the small, small uh, machines. And those machines were like uh, fragmented all over, they are all over the uh, the city, and mostly in the rural areas. And at that time, uh, Tanzania and the other uh, countries in East Africa, they had the uh, law or regulation which enforced larger scale processors to do fortification. But okay. the, uh, the founder of Sanku. Uh, uh, and the co-founder, uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Felix, they came to realize that majority of people that are consuming food from these small, small uh, machines, which was a uh, uh, big number uh, all over, even the, in the rural. So then they came to, uh, to, to the conclusion that they have to invent the technology which will fit to those machines and add the nutrients that will uh, be consumed by the, by the population. Because at that time, the law and regulation was forcing the larger scale uh, processors to do fortification, but uh, they, uh, but they forgot that majority of the population are uh, consuming food from these small small machines. So, uh, for for the value add for Sanku now, uh, they innovated this technology or this machine, mm-hmm. which we call it Sanku Dos Fire, and this is a machine adds a precise amount of nutrients. Uh, in the flour, so it had uh, the exactly amount that is needed by standard in the flour during the processing, and then the machine is connected by cellular network IoT, uh, which uh, send information uh, and they help our technicians to monitor the processing, uh, even in the rural, in the remote areas. So we can work in the urban and both in the rural. Uh, uh, using this technology of of uh, Sanku machine, in that way we are able to support uh, these small small processors 
and the men, those who are doing packaging, to do fortification, to add nutrients in the most consumed food in East Africa and many in Tanzania, Kenya, and the other countries here around. Interesting. You know, as you mentioned, in, for example, in Tanzania, um, in Tanzania and different areas of Africa, um, how uh, or what kind of impact did the food fortification program, for example, the Sanku Dosifier technology, where it can um, put the exact amounts of nutrition which are needed into it, how effective has it been so far? Yeah, to date, uh, through this technology, uh, we managed to reach uh, more than a thousand millers, uh, the processors uh, who are now uh, doing fortification, they're adding nutrients in the food. Mm-hmm. And uh, every day we are reaching uh, more than 7 million people across East Africa. So this is a huge impact. Uh, we, we can guarantee now 7 million people every day consuming the fortified milk flour, uh, fortified flour, uh, which is uh, it's rich in uh, nutrients. And in that way you can reduce the pro- uh, health problems like anemia. But another thing is through this technology, we invented the, the model which... Uh, it's an incentive for 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 for, for, for millers to do fortification. So we uh, we are now uh, guarantee uh, that we, through uh, the model which we are using, we can reach many people with very low cost. Uh, for instance, uh, for one person per per, per year, mm-hmm. it costs uh, less than a, uh, around fifty cents USD. Uh, to, uh, to 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 access the nutrients, to get the nutrients throughout the year, which is really cheap and uh, yes. can cause a, a positive impact on their health. Perfect. Thank you so much, Guamari, for joining us today and explaining in such a beautiful way what um, the Sanka project is all about and all the technology which is being used. Um, I, I pray and hope that this uh, technology can reach even more people, 7 million a day. There should be m- more millions added to your um program thank you so much for joining us today peace be upon you assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and uh, thank you so much i really appreciate for this opportunity and uh, actually we invite uh, all audience uh, if they want to to know more about sanku they can visit our website is www.sanku.com and also they can even contribute uh, through that platform uh, so that we can reach many people as much as possible Thank you so much. Perfect. Thank you so much. Peace be upon you. Thank you for joining us today. So this was Guao Omari Guao who explained such a beautiful way what technology can do and how we can uh, improve the nutrition's value just by AI and exact um, amounts which is needed in the, in in, in a one person's daily diet, for example. And about seven million people are being reached through this. Um, you're really you're right. And how the world has advanced and um, there are many organizations uh, like this as well um, where they are tackling and dealing with how um, to alleviate hunger from the world and we do hope and pray that this is um, this problem this issue is completely eradicated from the world we have to see no suffering no hunger no one dying from uh, hunger there shouldn't be a case that a person ha- should have to think where his next meal is going to come from and we really do hope and pray that may Allah the Almighty remove this uh, pain and suffering. Mm-hmm. And just before uh, before I end, the, the fourth caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, Hazrat Mizza Tahir Ahmed, may Allah have mercy on him, he stated that all societies and states of the world must participate to help mitigate the sufferings. 
he also he further mentions that it is a shame that despite all the advancement in science and technology the elimination of thirst and hunger has not received the attention it needs there must be a system whereby the sum total of human wealth can be quickly and efficiently channeled to those areas where hunger strikes or famine plays havoc with humanity or wherever people have been rendered destitute and homeless so is is we we talked about this in the beginning how right. we've advanced so much but it still uh, shocks us how we haven't been able to address these issues and um we heard the audio clip earlier as well of the fifth caliph of the ahmadiyya muslim community where he mentioned that there should be a consolidated plan um because we the earth has the land it needs um to grow crops to grow Indeed. food um for the people that are suffering and those that are um suffering due to hunger and if we obviously if these governments these um organizations adhere to the words of the caliph of the ahmadiyya muslim community and of course address these issues the attention it needs with the, with the attention it needs then of course i think we can eradicate and alleviate this problem as a whole um because we do have the resources we do have the facilities and we just need to work on it together as a global uni- unified um manner and then we can actually remove all of this inshallah and yeah, just before we end i'm quite conscious of the time also here we are hitting the five o'clock news in in a minute's time just before we end today's show the the prom the, the, the holy prophet peace and blessings of allah be upon him stated such a person is not a believer who passed the night with a filled stomach whilst his close neighbor remained hungry so on this um note i would like our listeners to think about it look out for our neighbors our brothers and sisters throughout the world and whatever shape way um shape or form possible please help everyone around you and even we have 9 million plus people in the uk who are in the poverty poverty line please help everyone um who you can hope at this time and inshallah I'll see you all back again with the second hour of today's drive time show till then assalamu alaikum peace be upon you all you are listening to the recording of a live show please do not call or text as this is a recording and lines are now closed assalamu alaikum peace be upon you all and welcome back to the second hour of today's drive time show where we'll be speaking about social media a means of islamic outreach yeah all of us know what social media is it consists of being able to um connect with people throughout the world and it has become a global village as per se you know the, during this drive time show of voice of islam radio we will be discussing this very special topic that both um, are relevant and intriguing of of today's society we're going to explore the role of social media as a means of islamic outreach and we will also discuss as social media has become a integral part of our lives and it provides a very unique platform to reach out to people throughout the world and we can share the message of true islam engage in dialogue and create a sense of community with this short introduction you know um Nashawan we will be speaking as as we as our listeners we all know is social media and how the outreach we can do islamically 
we have become a global village through social media and we'll also touch upon the goods and the bads of social media throughout this show and we'll also discuss some other topics relating to social media so i wanted to ask um, just for our listeners what is social media yeah <clears throat> so first we need to understand what is social media yes. right and um, of course we live in such a such a time where social media is everywhere correct right people are communicating the world is together um they're able to see um news etc from other parts of the world and we're connected all through social media so social media refers to digital platforms and online services that enable people to create share and interact with content information and other users in a virtual social environment and these uh, platforms are they're designed to facilitate communication and connections among individuals mm-hmm. and they often allow users to post text images videos and other forms of content and um, just to mention a few popular social media pa- platforms include facebook twitter instagram snapchat linkedin and tiktok among others and you know so over the past um, decade or two we've seen how we have um, developed the social media platforms yes. ourselves how the generations have moved our parents generation if we talk about them they had come from let's saying just maybe perhaps to coming from let's say phone call was like an a technology that a technology of their time and how that advanced to today where our generation and all the future generations are seeing such rapid transformation and it is as it's also beneficial right yes. it's beneficial in the sense that we can propagate the uh, message of islam the message of islam ahmadiyat to everywhere and it's in within our pockets it's within our reach it's everywhere and if of course if we we need to we need to utilize it and use it in the correct manner and of course um to do that we will be discussing how we can do that how we can propagate the true message of islam and how it can become a means of hence, islamic outreach hence that that's why we are asking a question through social media that is what do you follow um on social media for religious content so type away your answer at voice of islam uk on instagram let us know your answer and by the end of the show we will read out some of the answers we have received back from our listeners today and you know there are different types of social communications and we have seen where we physically can't go we get the news from there and it's intriguing how social media has advanced i remember when i was quite young and bluetooth became a new sensation the way you're able to share files and just by the phone next next to you and before that was infrared where you have to like put like the, the phones together phones yep. together and and it used to transfer the file over and now while i'm sitting here i can send a file all the way to australia new zealand america um, and through um, various parts of the world within seconds hence uh, you know the outreach has changed and while sitting here even through this this is a platform the voice of islam radio is a platform where i am able to um give out education of islam through our listeners who are listening to us be it through um the radio be it through uh, any social media platforms or any other means where where voice of islam is being accessed right now then just to um 
say some impacts um, of, um, of of our day-to-day lives where how social media um, helps us is, is for communication information and news networking entertainment um, personal branding business marketing um, activities and social changes and pri- privacy and security mental health and various others um, chapters where social media is playing a vital role. There are always two sides of, of, of a coin also and social media unfortunately also has two sides of the coin. One is a where we speak about the pros and the other side uh, which is the cons also um, or the bad or the um, bad influence of social media. So you know um, we should always remember that and his holiness has also stated this that social media can lead to benefits and harms hence um the, it was he was addressing this to the the Ahmadiyya muslim um women's association our um lajna which is the women's association and and nasirat which means the um young um, um the, the 7 to 15th um, women um, organization um should use it with caution um and Allah. so, so I apologize. So, so I apologize for this. Um, that might be a glitch in our in our system. I apologize for that. And we should, you know, compile instructions that I have given on this topic on various occasions. And we should try and act upon them. And that's why a book was also compiled. And it is called Social Media, and it's. Uh, it has all the addresses um, of His Holiness where he has spoken about um, social media and its impacts. And I would um, like our listeners also to go um, online and read and read this book. And it's quite beneficial also. So in the Holy Quran, you know, Allah the Almighty it teaches us um, how you know Islam encourages outreach and dialogue with others of his coming back to the topic again we have just wandered off a bit there the holy quran has t- stated in chapter 3 verse 111 you are the best people raised from good of mankind you enjoy what is good and forbid uh, evil and believe in allah the almighty now this verse uh, emphasizes um, the responsibility we as Muslims um, have to spread goodness and engage in positive um, discourse um, through this very verse um, Allah encourages the Muslims um, to be a positive force in the world striving uh, to promote um, goodness justice and righteousness while actively opposing the wrongdoing and evil and it remains, uh, you know, the Muslim of um, the res- it reminds the Muslims of their responsibility to serve the humanity and to carry out these tasks with the faith in Allah as their guardian principle. And it, hence, you know, Allah the Almighty has helped us. You know, that's why I will stay on West um, Islam. Also, Islam is a it's not a religion. It's 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 a way of living. It helps you navigate through life on every single stage. Um, if you find a hurdle, Islam has the answer for it. You just have to look or ask for it or search for it. Hence, voice of Islam. We are trying our um, best to be a modem of help 
And if you have any questions um, or you have any ideas how we can um, reach more people using social media, please give us a call on 0208 687 And obviously we have Brother Noshiman with us who is an expert on social media. As I mentioned before or many times on, uh, on West Vietnam, I have... Uh, I, for for my own personal opinion, I've I've taken a step back from the social media platforms for some time now. Yeah, sad. I'm not exactly a <laughs> professional on social media, but better than me. Yeah, um, I mean, I do have day to day engagements. Yes. Um, in regards to that, and you know how you mentioned, um, social media has had um profound impact on our lives. Um, that's through communication, information, and news, etc. Um, definitely, um, social media it provides a convenient and instant means of communication, um, whether it be your friends, family, colleagues, and regardless of geographical distance. And it has revolution, uh, revolutionized how we stay in touch, share news, and engage in conversations. And of course, in the current day and age, news through social media is a big, big factor. Um, and anyone with social media can be become a journalist of their own. Correct. If they have social media and they are living through, let's say, some sort of news or some sort of crisis or some sort of, um, even it could be any sort of news, they can simply become a journalist by just sharing that, posting that, and letting the world know. And of course, I think we don't obviously we we do have um, individuals who have become taken have degrees to become journalists, um, but. It doesn't have to be limited to that because we can use our own voices on social media to spread the good, to, to spread the word. And um, of course, that's that's um, a very effective way to reach people across the world. So, you know, um, we, we as Muslims try our level best um, also to to um, teach the, um, Islam through very different means and right today as we are speaking about social media um, is all a one modem of getting that teaching of of true Islam to the people you know and if the promised Messiah and the Methi upon whom be peace as a Mizrahullah Muhammad of Guardian has said you know the best way to spread the message of Islam is to show its beauty through your life so your conduct is a way or embodiment of islam so if muslims um are um it's showing um conducting in in best manner or shape possible and when we reach out to people that will be a, a from, through social media and show them what true islam is all about that that education will reach and the misconceptions about islam can be cleared also about that and you know the Ahmadiyya Muslim community is actively um, involved in outreach and dialogue with people um, of all faiths and all backgrounds the community has established you know many mosques throughout and many mission houses throughout the world and the community has also run a variety of um, educational humanitarian programs which can benefit people of all faiths and background and some of our social media or our media outlets for example are the Ahmadiyya um, Muslim um, the, the television we have the MPA International uh, Media Network is a gl- global network that can broadcast Islamic programs in over 20 languages and obviously Nashuman being part of our MTA International team he can elaborate on this very topic yeah so MTA International 
um, is doing wonderful, uh, if I do be do say so myself, um, in terms of conveying the true message of Islam Indeed. to all corners of the world. And of course, um, our caliph, the fifth caliph of the Emily Muslim community, um, he mentions incidents how MTA has become a, a mean of people accepting Islam Ahmadiyyat. Correct. Um, t- just by listening and watching the programs of MTA. And of course, um, on social media, um, obviously I work for the MTA news department and um, we try to, main goal is to to spread the message of Islam um, to all the corners of the world. And um, and more specifically, the words of our caliph, Hazrat Mirza Masur Ahmed, the fifth caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, may Allah be his helper, um, his words are so profound and he has been um, giving advice, guidance to community members, to world leaders. And our main objective is to get those wo- uh, words across to as many people as possible, right? Whether that's through our own MTA news channel or whether that's through MTA International. Um, but of course, we do have a lot of following as well. Indeed. And uh, that's one way how we're using the social media in current day to spread the words of the caliph. And, you know, MTA International is, is a global media network, like you mentioned, which broadcasts Islamic programs. And MTA International's programs, they reach millions of people around the world and help to promote understanding and appreciation of Islam. And of course, apart from MTA International, there's so many other um, modes and there's so many other platforms within the community itself, uh, through the, for example, through the True Islam website and its social media channels. And the True Islam website which uh, you can access um, anywhere, uh, and social media channels share informative and engaging content about Islam with a global audience. And then, of course, um, we have interfaith dialogue, outreach programs um, happening all across the world, and the MD Muslim community actively engages in interfaith dialogue and outreach programs with people of all of all faiths and backgrounds. And these programs help to build bridges between different communities and promote understanding and respect for all religions. Every, of course, I work in the news department, so I we get the activities of the entire world um, in terms of what the community have been doing. And every other week we're getting um, news reports on interfaith programs of how Jamaat had st- uh, set up an outreach store um, recently, I think yesterday or day before, uh, there was a news report about from Australia um, where the community, the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, had put an outreach store and the Governor General of Australia, he had come to visit that store itself. And um, upon upon his visit, um, the Jamaat, the members of the community had um, appreciated his, his coming and they also gifted him uh, a copy of the Holy Quran. Look, this information, this news could have all just been kept to the Australia. Mm-hmm. But because of social media, because of the era we live in, uh, this news report was sent and that was shown globally to all our viewers to all to to see the progress of the community to see how that we're not just um small in number we just we're not uh, it's not just about uh, what the world what work is being done is limited to that country Correct. but it's also a means of other people seeing the work of the community see how we progress see how we're spreading the message of true islam 
it, it becomes a source of guidance for all these other individuals right. as well. And I could never summarize the way my brother Nashawan has summarized MT um, um, International, um, the, the, uh, the media outlet of our community, and, and explaining the positive impacts of social media. However, I want to also touch on the, the negative aspect and um, how our beloved um, Hazur, um, uh, His Holiness, Hazrat Mizam Masroor Ahmed, may Allah be his helper, uh, the fifth caliph of our Ahmadi Muslim community, um, has stated, and, and I would like to play um, a short clip and l- let our listeners uh, listen to our, what our beloved Hazur had to say. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi Please, I would like to only ask the guidelines concerning the use of social media for Ahmad, Ahmad students. You see, in the social media, there are some good things and bad things as well. Eh? But unfortunately, the bad things are outnumbering the good things in the social media. Right? So, you arm these students can also create a platform in the social media where you provide to the people, to empty students, to empty youth and to others as well, the things which can, which can help you to um, uh, make you better morally, which are, which can help you to enhance your educational level, which are, uh, which can help you to better your uh, spiritual level. So, in this way, and also try to pick up, even there are those, those uh, I mean, um, uh, sites on, on the social media which are helpful for educational um, 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 betterment or some other things, you can also promote them and give your comments to them and suggest your khudam and students that they can visit those items and those social media platforms which are spoiling your life they are morally corrupt i mean their 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 programs are morally making you morally corrupt or can corrupt your you spiritually or morally then ask your students not to see them. See? So this is our duty. We have to do this thing. But if you create your own social media platform, that would be better. Then at least you can... Uh, um, uh, those who are are, in the, are very much fond of visiting social media, they, if you have your own social media, which can help you to... Um, um, increase uh, their knowledge and make them morally and spiritually better that will also help them to quench their thirst with regards to social media so these were the words of our beloved um um hazur his holiness has al masih the fifth the fifth caliph of the promised messiah and mehdi upon whom be peace and you know the way he explains it so beautifully and in simple words um, about the guidance, um, how we should 
use social media, it's commendable. I, I can't um, think of better way that I could explain it to all our listeners here. And now carrying on from there, there are some, uh, I will, some of the narrations of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, that I would like to emphasize on, you know, conveying um, in the, um, the message to the people. And it is stated that, you know, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said this, that convey from me, even if it be a single verse. So this was said when... If, about the Holy Quran, that the importance of conveying even this um, single verse of the Holy Quran to people. The Holy Quran is the book um, which all the Muslims believe in, and it, it is um, a book which came from Allah the Almighty. And upon this, the early Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon said that convey from me, even if it be a single verse, and you know, this narration. Um, underscores the significance of sharing the teachings of Islam and and the Holy Quran, even if we a minute or a small portion of it, and it encourages our Muslims to engage in the duty of spreading that very message of Islam to the world, to others, our uh, brothers, our neighbors, uh, through um, throughout the world, and it rem- it is a reminder. Um, of the obligation to convey knowledge and wisdom to those who may not be aware of it, which is in harmony with using platforms, for example, social media for Islamic outreach. And in one other occasion, his um, the Holy, uh, Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said, the best of people are those who are most beneficial to others. You know this saying of the uh, the, uh, the Holy Prophet peace and blessings will Allah be upon him is is very clear. You know that be the best of people and be be able so people can be um, benefiting from you and be beneficial and you should be beneficial to others. The education you know we have to give is and clear out the misconceptions which people have is through education and it's through different ways and for example social media is one of the ways that can um, alleviate um, all those uh, uh, misconceptions we uh, uh, people have about the true Islam so that's why I had to pause for a second to make sure it's not elevate it's alleviate <laughs> yeah you're right and you know this saying um, of the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him it can be linked to social media in a number of ways correct um, first that social media can be used to share Islamic knowledge and the teachings with a large audience social media it, it has a large following large number of people that are on there on a daily basis so we can post articles videos and other content that can help people to learn about Islam and its message of peace and tolerance because the meaning of Islam is peace compassion and love and second, social media can be used to build relationships with non-Muslims. So by engaging them, engaging with them, with people on social media, Great. we can show them the true face of Islam and challenge the negative stereotypes that may that they may have. Of course, at times, media shows a negative image of Islam. It is our duty, it's the duty of Muslims um, to actually show the true teachings of Islam, the true face of Islam. And just lastly, Saad, Social media can be used to help people in need. We can use our platforms to raise awareness about the important issues and to connect, collect donations for charitable causes. 
Indeed, you know, from um, Brother Nushwan, when you mentioned the negative aspects of social media, His Holiness, um, Hazrat Mirza Masroor Ahmed, may Allah be his helper, uh, may Allah strengthen his hand, uh, has told us about social media numerous uh, times to our women's organization, our youth organization, our elders organization. And he'd stay, uh, he and people have asked him on many, numerous times, how can we protect ourselves, you know, from the... The bad, evil, the yeah. evil of social media, and here are his words. I would like our listeners to listen to. And my question is today: How can we protect ourselves from the bad impact of social media? <laughs> are you? You know, how old are you? I'm sixteen. Sixteen. Now grown up, well matured. Huh? Allah Taala has given you the wisdom. Allah Taala has given you the sense huh? to understand what is good and what is bad, right? So why don't do you access those things which are bad in the social media? You can stop, you can block those things. <laughs> this is a simple solution. Don't go, you should not have the access to the, those uh, uh, things in the social media which are you know, polluting your mind, eh? or they are, uh, you know, the, the, and spoiling your uh, morals so you can stop seeing them and there are quite a number of good things in the social media you can follow those things so you yourself have to decide if you yourself are determined to save yourself from this the bad thing uh, the bad results of the social media bad effects of the social media then you can save yourself so you yourself have to decide the being a sensible person what uh, you see we can only wake up a person who is sleeping but we cannot wake up a person who is already awakened <laughs> right so you are a sensible person you decide your own self eh? grown up and well matured person and indeed you know this was the um, answer his holiness has mirza masrur ahmed um gave to a 16-year-old that you're well mature, we can wake up someone who is asleep. However, we cannot wake up someone who's already awake. Likewise, you know, a very important message, His Holiness has Ahmed, may Allah strengthen his hand, may Allah be pleased with him, has said that I repeatedly draw attention of the parents that they should keep an eye on the outside environment of the children and even within the home, they should keep an eye on the programs they watch on the television or their internet usage. Now, these are the words of His Holiness um, to parents to make sure to look out, make uh, to safeguard the, their children who are young and to our 16-year-old, um, uh, they're already mature. So make sure you know the, the, um, the social media, how it is used. The, the pros and the cons yeah. and this comes only through education it is uh, the duty of uh, the parents and to teach their children from a young age to make sure what is social media and education needs to be given to the parents also that what is social media as you know um, the, the time when our parents grew up it was a completely different era where you had a phone which had a, which had a black and white screen now we have a phone which has everything from your credit card to your boarding passes um, installed into different applications and without them you cannot um, function anymore.
Yeah, you're right. So like, of course, um, we're talking about how social media can be used um, for the propagation of Islam and how it can be spread, um, how Islam can be spread through this means. But of course, uh, social media does have its negative um, effects. And of course, this answer by the fifth caliph of the Amdi Muslim community completely summarizes that we should we know um, as individual what right and wrong is. Uh, so we should be using social media um, for the advantage to spread the message of Islam for 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 good um, educational things, and just another you know, answer that the fifth caliph of the Ahmadi Muslim community, Hazrat Mirza Masoor Ahmad, may Allah be pleased with him, may Allah be his helper. He spoke about the influence. Um, one of the girls during a virtual mulaqat uh, had asked um, His Holiness about the influence of social media and how people can be persuaded towards a belief in God Almighty. Mm-hmm. So in reply to this question, um, Hazrat Mizza Masur Ahmed, may Allah be his helper, had mentioned that in every era, um, satanic influences take people away from God. In every era, there are some sort of these evil desires or this satanic yes. inspiration, which takes a person away from God. Um, his Holiness further mentioned that in this era, in the world we're currently living in, social media is another mode that Satan is utilizing. Social media can be used for doing good and for spreading evil. So you can do either. You can upload good things onto social media and bring people towards good. At the same time, nowadays, the majority of content on social media is such that it ruins one's morals and takes one away from religion and Allah the Almighty. So with regards to content that takes a person away from a belief in God, those girls who have religious knowledge should respond to what is stated on social media about Allah the Almighty or about religion. You should make a team of young women who are able to respond on social media. If the questions are too difficult for you, then Lajnai Mailad, i.e. the women's organization, should make a team and so should Khudamul Ahmadiyya, which is the youth organization. Where there are immoral or untrue posts on social media, the comment section can be used to respond. In this way, you will help those people who are impressionable and who become poisoned by such posts. So we should be on there. And if, they, if we see any un-Islamic posts, if we see any um, post which is talking wrong about Islam, then we should be uh, engaging in a way that we remove those mis- misconceptions and answering and in educating people, whether they are in the comment section, etc., uh, comment section. Uh, His Holiness Hazrat Mirza Masur Ahmed may Allah be his helper further mentioned that other than that it was Satan who said that he shall try to create disorder and nowadays one of the modes he is using is social media. The way to overcome such satanic forces is for us as Ahmadi Muslims to turn more towards Allah the Almighty so that we can fulfill our obligations of being true Muslims and to save others. Reply to the post on social media so that the false narratives can be refuted. Yes, of course, the satanic inspiration or the satanic uh, in this era is, is social media. Or one 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 of them is social media, yes. because um, it does have a lot of negative impact on on a child specifically, because they're young, they're vulnerable, and it can be manipulated um, through many ways through social media. But our job, like men, uh, in the words of the fifth caliph, that our job is to remo- remove these misconceptions and to convey the true and peaceful teachings of Islam. And of course, if if you're not on social media yet, I think <laughs> you I think thought, after this uh, I show, come back again. I think you should come back and definitely use it for your own knowledge, Indeed. your own um, 
betterment and of course to engage in a peaceful dialogue with people because it can be used that it can be sp- used to spread um let's say even just various news or various um, um even just engaging with other people can create a peaceful environment just among us indeed you know hence that's why when i when we start off this um, program about social media and the outreach um in the islamic perspective that's why as um we said there the two two sides of a social media the good side which is the outreach or uh, all the other benefits which have been um um mentioned today and the negative aspect which which have also been mentioned today and you know the book social media and which has all the addresses of his holiness um, has a mirza masrur ahmed mella be his helper and it explains it so beautifully how to train the children how to look out for one another and how social media can, should be used and that all has been compassed in that small uh, in that small book and obviously i will carry on with this um um what's it called narration when as about social media and the outreach the writings of the promised messiah uh, upon whom be peace the promised messiah and the mahdi of of this day and age um um how um, how do the um the writings for example of the promised messiah upon whom be peace guide us in this very era of social media you know the the promised messiah um not sure one, uh, upon whom be peace was a pioneer in using literature to convey the message of islam you know his works um included the philosophy of the teachings of islam and that laid a foundation um, for outreach through the writing written words and which can now be effectively translated into the digital world also you know the promised messiah upon whom be peace wrote the purpose of the advent of the promised messiah is to establish the unity of god in the world the, to propagate and to spread the teachings of islam and to lift the moral and spiritual condition of humanity you know these are the teachings um, um you know we are reminded of on a daily basis and these are the guiding principles um in in using social media for the islamic outreach and hopefully um, i will be or i'll try my level best to um use it also for this uh, very purpose but for me it was a very other different reason why i came off of social media because i couldn't use it to be honest you didn't know how to use <laughs> I it i didn't know i was difficult for me even though i'm 25 26 right i'm 26 now uh, by the grace of allah the almighty i didn't know how i didn't know how to use it so i was like okay i can't use it so i just, I just closed it and and throughout the show i hopefully um, i'll pray and hope uh, i'll be able to come back and use it for the islamic outreach also likewise you know the guidance of his holiness mella strengthen his hand the fifth caliph of the the fifth caliph of the ahmadi muslim community he is giving us content constant guidance on 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 a day to day basis as you have mentioned also um the guidance he gave to the women's association also how to use social media and he stated this you know that use all modern means of communication and information to reach the people and it is the need of the time so use all the uh, different ways as uh, mentioned also as mta international the muslim tv here of of ahmadiyya is to, um is spreading the message of islam through the corners um throughout the corners of the world and this is what we have to do as um Uh, as brothers and sisters that we should be able to 
and teach everyone the true teachings of some be it through social media or be it through any other mm. means if you meet someone it we obviously our topic today is about social media however there are many different avenues we can explore also how we can um you know spread the message of islam for example the, the radio voice of islam we are trying a a a, a portion of our ability to um, send out the true message of islam as yeah. uh, the islam ahmadiyat and we have hopeful and we pray that this can even go further than um this area uh, or the uk even further and we have some um establishments made for example in germany now and in france now and hope we pray and hope that it can even go further than the voice of islam yeah so you know so like the promise sire peace be upon him he he used whatever whatever method Uh, that was um, available at that time. At that time. Um, he used writing uh, literature, spreading in newspapers, writing articles. Um, he had done to propagate and to spread the message of Islam. Correct. And, right. So obviously now we live in an era where it's developed a lot, and of course you read out the guidance of His Holiness, Hazrat Mirza Masrur Ahmed, may Allah be his helper. That now we live in an era that we should use social media as the method because that is what it what the t- need of the time requires correct so i think that should be our main target and if you don't know where to start where to go um there's a lot of um channels and a lot of um channels of the community um of the md muslim community you can go on them for example a review of religion al hakam mta um true islam all these they have so much content available you can go read from there you can go spread those you can share those you can show this to your friends and that's one way you can start and then obviously the f- next step would be for you to write articles for you to engage in comments to reply and to do your own like content etc to use to propagate the message Correct. of islam and also we have another clip um, from one of our, um regarding that how we can survive you know the surge of IE um IE artificial intelligence in this day and age and here is um, the clip or the audio bismillahir rahmanir rahim artificial intelligence is growing at an exponential unprecedented and a little bit of a worrying speed while there are so many other questions that surround the debate of where artificial intelligence or ai is actually heading to one of the questions that concerns us is how the ummah is responding to it or is going to respond to it or is even planning to respond to it what has happened with technologies in the past let's take a quick look and go back to the 15th century when uh, the printing press was invented and when it became so very popular in most of the west but it could not cross the borders into the muslim world because muslims were not ready to accept any technology anything that was coming from the west anything coming from the west as was seen as coming from the kafirun from the infidels and anything that they created was also seen said or unsaid as a conspiracy against the faith of islam so for a very long time for about 3 400 years the muslims remained um reluctant to accept the printing press so much so that the ottoman caliph bayezid ii issued a decree saying that the printing press shall not enter the muslim lands and muslims shall not use it 
Well, there were many Jews and Christians living in the Ottoman Empire, so they were kind of free to use it, and they did make use of it. But the Muslims were prohibited by the Caliph, by the Ottoman Caliph, not to use it, not to have anything to do with it. Then one of his successors, Salim I, Caliph Salim I of the Ottoman Empire, he actually issued a decree saying that anybody found involved in any way with the printing press, owning it, running it, using it, facilitating somebody to use it, will actually have to face the death penalty. So to use a then modern technology could carry with it a death penalty in Muslim lands. Now, the tragedy is that it's because of this reluctance of using modern technology or the then modern or contemporary technology is that the Muslims were never able to take the honor of being the first to publish on a printing press a copy of the Holy Quran. And it was Jews and it was Christians who actually published and publicized the Holy Quran in 1530-something, so um, in the 16th century. So it is quite a shame that such a reluctance has held Muslims back from serving even their own faith. When things had been made so simple for them, they'd been prepared, put on a platter, presented to them. Yet, there was reluctance, which is a little bit hard to understand. Even historians today, they look back and they see it only as uh, the reluctance being because of uh, the technology always you know, originating from the West and then it being associated to the West. For example, electricity was another you know, form of a technology which was rejected by the Muslims for a very long time. And anything to do with electricity, for example, using an amplifier system, a microphone to let people hear you and yourself being heard up to a larger distance, longer distance, was prohibited, as was the water tap, as was the uh, military machinery and military technology. So this is what has happened in the past. But there is another factor that must be taken into account when we're trying to uh, understand or see what the reaction of the Muslim Ummah would be. Because, you know, there are some silly questions going around. Is artificial intelligence halal or haram? Well, everything is not about halal or haram. So, you know, there are other angles of looking at it. How harmful, I mean, a valid question could be, is it harmful for the Ummah? Another question could be, what can the Ummah do? Etc. But then, what happens is that, um, uh, the question at the moment is, how will the Ummah respond? And when we look at the picture, it's quite actually uh, bleak and it's quite uh, um, disturbing when you look at it because the Ummah, the Muslim Ummah, the Muslims, now for a very, very long time have always been at the receiving end. The West comes up with technology, the West comes up with you know, advancement in medical sciences, in surgical sciences, in all sorts of things. You know, every facility that we use these days, from medical facilities like, um, you know, the MRI, the CT scan, all other, you know, Im imaging facilities, all other medications, new drug trials, etc., etc., all comes from the West. Well, and lately, we've seen that the COVID vaccination was also uh, prepared in the West, dished out to the rest of the world. And uh, we've all enjoyed the benefits. So we've been beneficiaries of the West for a very long time when it comes to technology. So what is the Ummah going to do? 
of what are the leaders of the Ummah going to do? Well, apparently nothing. It's first going to be about, you know, just rant about technology and, um, you know, just call it a conspiracy against the Ummah, discourage people to use it and tell people that it's not Islamic to benefit from any such technology. And then when the technology will have moved on and when this technology, which we now know as AI, would have been, would become something which cannot be avoided when it becomes inevitable. That is when all of a sudden the scholars will give in like they've done in the past and start using it. Because in the past, that's what they did with the amplifier system, with the microphone system, with loudspeakers, with water taps, with all sorts of technology, the printing press. This is what is it has always been. The policy is, first of all, ban it, declare it haram. Tell people not to use it, discourage them, not to go near it, turn it into a matter of faith. And then afterwards, just basically give in. Because when you can't stand facing the, 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 the surge or the high tide, then what has happened in the past is that scholars and the ulama and the ummah has given in and started using the technology. So the policy is, first of all, don't use then, after many, many years, use it, rather abuse it. Because we've seen how amplifying systems have been used in the Muslim world to hurl abuse, not only at the West, but to each other, Muslim against Muslim, shouting at the top of their lungs. So they do come to use it. But um, while there are, you know, it's not that there are that there are circles within the Muslim world who have always been up for modern technology and have always looked into uh, avenues that can actually um, through that technology, help spreading the message of Islam. So, there doesn't seem to be a plan. How can there be a plan? Because the Ummah obviously is not collectively responding to anything. It's not united. There is absolutely no way that they will have a unified response. So, right. So, I think the questions that need to be considered at this moment, while we stand at a point where artificial intelligence seems to be taking over most of the technologies, what maybe the Ummah can do, or their leaders, or their scholars, is maybe try and see how artificial intelligence can be used for the betterment of Islam, for the progress of Islam, for preaching Islam, and for propagating the message of the Holy Prophet Muhammad wasallam. For example, if there was someone who always thought, and he always desired, that he could serve um, the, 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 the cause of Islam by writing something, but never found themselves equipped uh, adequately to write something with the skills that are required to write something uh, it's it's a very good opportunity for them just to head to some uh, form of artificial intelligence say chat GPT ask them to write them a short paragraph a tweet even um, about a certain tenet of uh, faith of Islam or any other thing that they think that should be communicated to the world and the world should know this about Islam so the work there can become easier. So that can be one use. If there is somebody who always wanted to know about the most modern allegations being made about Islam, again, all you have to do is ask artificial intelligence to help you find them, and it will just list all of them down for you. If there was some, there was there is someone who always wanted to have a li complete list of all verses of the Holy Quran to do with, uh, say, zakat, 
Well, this is the time you tell artificial intelligence, it's just going to list all of them down for you in one place within seconds. So it is a great facility. And even, you know, if somebody was interested in uh, imagery, because artificial intelligence uh, creates wonderful imagery. So so if there is someone who'd always wanted to uh, create, you know, some design, some graphic designs out of Islamic art, all you need to do, feed in the right type of information and AI will do the rest for you. So we can actually go to artificial intelligence and the technology behind it to serve the cause of Islam in many, many ways. We can actually ask advice and it can tell us where to propagate it and what platforms on the social media can be used, can be more appropriate for such content, etc., etc. But yes, care needs to be taken. As we all know, artificial intelligence at the moment, yes, it's growing exponentially and it's growing at an unprecedented speed, but it's still in its infancy days. And it does sometimes not seem to know quite a lot of information on certain topics because there are certain specialized topics which obviously its knowledge base um, cannot uh, adequately provide it with the, with the data. So we need to be very careful and sometimes more than being informed, one can end up being misinformed. So yes, the risks are there, but then risk factors have to be managed. And while we're on the topic of uh, imagery, we also need to bear in mind that um, while this is a very valid question that how is the Ummah going to react to the artificial intelligence technology, but then equally valid is the fact that proponents of Islam or faithless people who want to just ridicule the faith of Islam will also use imagery and will create images about the holy shrines of Islam, about holy persons, personalities of Islam, and the Ummah obviously will be hurt to see them. But then what's the plan? Maybe this is a time while we're considering these questions to see how we're going to respond to such imagery. Are we going to carry on the Ummah as, you know, as it has happened in the past in the majority of the, uh, of the Ummah, majority of the leaders? But are we going to throw stones at different buildings, set some embassies uh, alight? Are we going to torch some tires right in the middle of the streets? Are we going to damage public property in the name of the honor of the Prophet or in the name of the honor of Islam? Or will we have to think about something else? Will we have to think how we can respond to such an attack which is based on artificial intelligence with artificial intelligence by feeding as much information on the beautiful teachings of Islam, on the magical personality of the holy founder of Islam and see how we can use this uh, technology which is great and it is obviously going to grow we're not going to be able to stop it so let's see how we can do that like I said there are Muslim sections there are certain Muslim sects there are certain Muslim leaders who have used the technology that has emerged in any given time for the betterment of Islam, for propagating Islam. Do you know of any? Do let us know. Thank you very much. These were the words of one of our brothers in community. And we should be very mindful how we use social media, artificial intelligence, 
because these are very powerful tools especially social media is a very powerful tool and it has a quite a large number of audience and a, or a large following per se and if we share the message um, of Islam we should share it in, in the correct manner where the true teachings of Islam are reflected on also as we have discussed today there are many ways to use social media for the Islamic outreach such as sharing inform uh, information and engaging content, engaging in dialogue with non-Muslims and inviting people to the mosque and in Islamic events. It is important to note, however, the social media can also be used to spread misinformation and disinformation about the Islam. That, that is why it is very important to be mindful of the content that we share and to be critical of the information that we see on social media. I would like to thank our technical department, our brother Asad, is always a great, great pleasure to work with him. The producers of today's show, Tadi Hassan and Imam Zakaria Sheikh for producing such beautiful shows and Nashirwan, brother, for the production. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.